0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, more than conquerors through him. Revelation chapter 1 is where we're going to um, review tonight. Revelation chapter 1 and verses 5 and 6. having washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests. He has made us kings and priests. What do kings and priests do? Well, kings execute authority. They have dominion. A kingdom is where a certain king is in dominion. So kings operate dominion. And you're a king. You have dominion. Jesus has given you authority over all the authority of the enemy. Hallelujah. You have authority in his name to go in his name, to preach the gospel, to, to whatsoever you shall ask in Jesus' name, he'll do it for you. Hallelujah. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in Jesus' name, he'll give it to you. So we have the authority in Jesus' name, and we have dominion to execute the will of God in our lives. We're kings under his kingship. He's the king of kings, and we are the kings he's king of. Hallelujah. Now, so we execute authority. We have dominion as kings, but he's also made us priests unto God. And so we're priests, we're anointed by this relationship we have with Jesus We're anointed to represent the people to God and God to other people. We can can bring offerings to the Lord. We can bring sacrifices of praise to Him. We can honor Him with our life and present our bodies a living sacrifice like we read about this morning. We are priests unto God. We are kings unto God under the headship of Jesus Christ. One of the important things for us to practice as kings is making decrees. We know that kings make decrees. I want to look at Job chapter 22. Because you are a speaking spirit, you are in Christ, which puts you in a position of authority, and your voice is the carrier of that authority. In Matthew, when the centurion was speaking to Jesus about having Jesus come and to heal his son, he said to Jesus, I understand authority because I'm a man in authority and I'm a man under authority. And so this understanding of authority gave him an advantage in understanding how faith works because he said you know if this is how my authority works if I say go how did he how did he get his authority in in motion he said he said go and he said if I say go they go and if I say come they come they're, they're given instruction by the dominion, the authority in my office, in my position, and they respond to that authority with obedience. And so I execute authority with my voice. Hallelujah. Job 22 and verse 28 says, you shall also decree a thing. You shall also decree a thing. You shall decree a thing, and what happens when you decree it? It shall be established unto you, and then, this is progression, and then the light, and the Amplified says, the light of God's favor, the light shall shine upon your ways. Hallelujah. When you decree it, it's established, and the light opens up for you what to do next. the the next step for you to take the way for you to walk through that so how do I get it in motion just like that centurion said the way I get my authority in motion is I say go I give a command I decree it and that authority now goes into motion and so this says also you put your authority you decree a thing and it's established so if it's not established what are you going to say what are you going to do? How are you going to act? If it's not established in your life, what, 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 is, what is the key element to get the authority that you've been given to begin moving in that situation to get it established? It requires your decree. You're going to have to command it. You're going to have to believe like Jesus said in Mark 11, you have to believe the things you say shall come to pass. You have to believe the things you say shall come to pass. It, it, it's not just I'm going to pray it and I'm going to say it in my prayer and then I'm going to walk out of my prayer time and I'm going to talk against it. I'm going to talk I'm going to talk the problem. I'm going to say, well, I don't have it yet. If I believe I received when I prayed it, I better not be saying I don't have it yet That's right. because I believed I received when I prayed it. I decreed it. And he said, Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things which he says will come to pass, he shall have. Now, wait a minute. When do I believe? When do I believe? I believe it in that moment. He should not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things he says shall come to pass. So I've got to believe I've already decreed it. I've already established it. It is already in motion. And then I shall have it. So if I wait till I see it to say I have it, then I'm, I'm missing that element that Jesus instructed in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He said that you have to believe that you have the things you... I have to believe I have. I have to believe I have before I have. Why? Because I have initiated it. I have legally accessed it with my faith. I have made the faith transaction and I have a receipt in the Spirit. It's a vocal signature. Do you know, over the phone, you can give a, vo- a voice signature. They can, they can record your voice and say, we've got your voice on file that you have authorized this. Well, they didn't come up with that. God had that long ago. God, from the beginning, that's why your voice is recorded and the devil can't fight and say, well, you don't have any right to heal his body. I have every right because I have his faith transaction with his vocal signature, which authorized me saying he believed that by the stripes of Jesus, he was healed. So I have the authority and here's the vocal signature that authorized me to do that. If I go into Dillard's and I I go into Dillard's and I pick up a dress and I I walk to the door with that dress, somebody is going to come to me and say, excuse me, ma'am, you can't leave this building with that dress because you don't have any authorization to exit this building with that dress. You've got to show me where you paid for that dress. And so if if I go over and I pay for the dress, they will hand me a signature. And on that signature, that receipt is the date. There's the time. There's the financial transaction, yeah. whether it was a debit card, whether it was a cash transaction. It will tell exactly what I paid for, exactly how much I paid for it. And now I've got the authorization to exit the building. Yeah. And God said, it is by my grace through faith so that the promise may be sure to all the seed. God uses our faith as that transaction point so that he has legal authorization. With the heart, man believes unto... What does that mean? What does that mean? Have you thought about that? What does that mean? With the heart, I believe unto righteousness. What gives me the right to stand for my healing? I believe that by his stripes I was healed. If I don't believe it, I can't leave the store with that dress. If I don't believe by his stripes I was healed, I'm not walking out of the building with my healing. Why? Because what authorizes me for the healing? With the heart, man believes unto right standing what gives me right standing for my healing? I believe in what Jesus did with the stripes on his back. Because I believe Jesus paid for my healing with the stripes on his back. That's my receipt. My faith is my receipt. Faith is the legal receipt. And when I say it, It's stamped and there's a voice signature that I. not only did she believe that she received it, but with her mouth she confessed that she received it because with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto. So if I believe it and I don't say it, then I haven't signed my signature card. I haven't signed for it. My transaction isn't complete. Jesus said for there to be a faith transaction that whosoever shall say, that's how you make a faith transaction. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe. who will say it and believe it. Say it and believe it. Say it and believe it. He'll have it. Why? Because that's the proper execution of our faith. Why? Because we're talking about God's legal system of the kingdom. God has established in the kingdom that it is a faith operation. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. God, God is more interested in you bringing your faith. Why? Because faith is, ha- without faith, it's impossible to please God. What pleases God? What pleases this giving, generous, loving Father God is when you receive his benefits, when you receive all that he's made available, if you will come and access everything available in his grace. How do I do that? Faith. He said, come and buy the wine and the oil without, without money. So what am I supposed to use? Faith. Faith. Remember what Brother Duplantis said? He said, God didn't tell you to pay for it. He said to believe for it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord. There are some things we need to be believing for and take our eyes off how much it's going to cost and believe God that he can get it to us. If he needs to get the money to it, he'll get the money to us. If he needs to get the favor to us, he'll get the favor to us. Hallelujah. So faith operates by decrees. Faith operates by decrees. Kings make decrees. So you've been given the authority. You've been placed in a position of dominion, and you have his faith. So he says, you shall decree a thing, and it shall be established to you, which is what Jesus said. If you'll say, say, to the situation, and not doubt in your heart, but believe you'll have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Decree a thing, it'll be established to you, and the light will shine upon your ways. Now, this is not something that is um, without example. God himself has provided his example. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, and God said, Let there be light and there was light. He decreed it, and it was established to him. He got exactly what he said. He said, let there be light, or a more accurate translation. He said, light be, and light said, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Decree, and it shall be established to you. So God decided what he wanted. He decided what he wanted and he called for it. He commanded it. He decreed it. Light be. Firmament be. Waters be divided here. Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Dry land appear. He, he, he decided what he wanted and then he commanded it to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And his decree is established, Romans 4 and verse 17. Speaking of Abraham and the word that God gave to Abraham, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. That's what Abraham was standing on. That's the word he was standing on before him whom he believed, even God. Who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. God decrees a thing. He calls things which be not in manifestation. He calls them as though they were already in manifestation. He doesn't say it's going to be. He says, I have made you. There was no evidence to the appearance, to the natural eye. But he says, we never walk by appearance. We don't walk by sight. How do we walk? By faith. So there was nothing to the natural eye that indicated that he was the father of many nations. But God says, I have made you. Past tense. I have made you the father of many nations. Hallelujah. And guess what happened? He is the father of many nations. So God calls things. The way that God does it is he decrees a thing, even things you can't see, things that are not in manifest. He's not telling you what is. He's telling you, he's telling it to be what he wants it to be. He's not explaining to you. He's creating The very first use of words in the Bible, and that, that, the law of first mention is the way the very first usage defines how, how you look at it through the rest of the word. And the very first thing God did with his words was create, not communicate. The very first thing God did with words was he created, and you're made in his image and in his likeness. The, very, the most prominent thing you should be doing with your mouth is creating things. That was worth you coming to church tonight. You're welcome. And I take it for myself, amen? The most prominent thing that we should be doing with our mouths is creating our future, is taking the word of God and framing our world with it and creating things that be not in our life. is is structurizing. I'm trying to use Spanish here. uh, Constructing things and putting the structure of God's Word in place in our marriage, in our finances, in our physical health. You don't have to wait till you get sick to establish your health. Go ahead and take the Word of God and establish it now. With long life, God satisfies me and shows me His salvation. But go ahead and establish that strength of the word about the health. So you don't have to get sick if you just stay healthy. And health is, health, divine health is part of our, our, our covenant. It's part of our inheritance. Amen. How do I get it? I call for it. I, I decree it. I decree. I have a sound mind. Amen. And I'll have a sound mind when I'm 90. And what, just go ahead and say it now. Because there's a lot of people say that a lot of people hit 40 and start talking about how forgetful they are. I'm going to have a sound mind when I'm 90 and when I'm 95, if I, if I decide to wait that long, all right, if I, if I want to be here when I'm a hundred, I will have a sound mind, but I might be satisfied before then. Because he'll, he'll satisfy me with long life. When I get satisfied, I'm not staying. Because to be with the Lord <laughs> or to be here. Remember what the Apostle Paul said? I have, a, I have this straight between the two. I've got these two different options. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing, that's our kingship. That's our, our place as kings in dominion. How do I do this? How do I gain skill in this? How do I grow in this capacity of decreeing a thing? Well, I have to begin to see God's word in a different light. I have to gain in my estimation of the word of God. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, let's start with Jeremiah 23. That we need to look at the Word of God, not just as a book of do's and don'ts, not just as a book of Bible stories, but we begin to look at the Word of God. When we begin to be wordsmiths, when we begin to use our mouth like a weapon, and we begin to use our mouth like a tool to build things, then we're going to look at the Word differently because the Word's what I put in my mouth. And so Jeremiah 23 in verse 29 says, and this isn't a question God is asking us. He, God wants us to to see his word the way he sees his word. He said, is not my word as a fire? Have you thought of his word as a fire? God said, my word, don't you know my word is like a fire, a, a consuming fire, a fire that cleanses? And then he says this, he said, and... Like a hammer. Working on a building. I'm working on a building. Working on a building for my Lord, for my Lord. It's a Holy Ghost building. It's a Holy Ghost building. It's a Holy Ghost building for my Lord, for my Lord. What am I using? I'm using my hammer. I got a hammer. He, God said... My word is like a hammer. So I need to say, you know what? I've got a hammer for that. There's an obstacle. I can move that obstacle. There's something standing in my way. I can deal with that thing standing in my way. There's something holding my children under bondage. I can deal with that thing. I- I've got a hammer that can break those chains. I've got a hammer that can break that depression off their life. I've got a hammer that can break that, that unbelief, that, that, de- that deception that's covered them. I've got a hammer that can, that can drive that sickness out of the body. I've got a hammer. I just need to learn how to wield that hammer. And I need to start treating God's word like a hammer. And I need to know that when I take the hammer of God's word and I hit my problem with the hammer of God's word, that that problem is not breaking my hammer. That hammer is breaking the problem. Every time I take the hammer of God's word and I smite that situation, I smite that debt, I smite that lack, I smite that sickness, the debt, the lack, the sickness lose integrity. Their integrity is compromised. They began to weaken at their frame and weaken at their structure. And it might look like it hasn't felt any damage because of the blow that I wielded, but I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to hit it again. And I'm going to hit it again. Again, and I'm going to hit it again. And every time I hit that thing with the word of God, that thing shudders, and that thing begins to lose its ability to stand up against the word because the hammer of God's word has a greater integrity and a greater structure. He says that my word is established. His word is established. The integrity of God's word. His word is stronger than any. you can find in the universe. If you were to do an integrity test on diamonds and compared to emeralds, you would find out that the diamond is stronger than the emerald. If you were to do an integrity test between steel and aluminum, you're going to find out that the aluminum has no, has such a very low integrity compared to the steel that has a high integrity. When you take the integrity of God's Word, nothing can stand against the integrity of God's Word. There's nothing on the scale that you can test and say, I found something with a stronger build, a stronger integrity than the Word of God. It's not there. You won't find it. Because God's Word is the substance of everything that this earth was used to create. God's Word created everything that exists, so God's Word will change anything that exists. But what do I have to do? I have to take the Word, and I have to use it like a hammer, and I have to hit that thing that needs to break. I have to hit that thing. I need to smite it, and I need to smite it, and I need to keep smiting it until the Word breaks it down, until the Word causes it to lose its integrity and lose its hold. He says, my word is like a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces. Have you used his word like a hammer recently? For us to be skilled in decreeing a thing and seeing it established, we're going to have to know his word as a hammer. We're going to have to use his word as a hammer. The Amplified says, it is a hammer That breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. The rock of most stubborn resistance. When it meets the word, it will break. It will crumble. It will fall. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm putting the word on it. I'm hitting, I'm smiting that thing with the word. Hallelujah. So God's word is like a hammer. Say it. God's word is like a hammer. hammer. Hallelujah. I've got to believe that and I've got to practice that. I've got to use his word like a hammer. Hebrews 4.12. Because it's his authority that we're operating and it's his word. Hebrews four. And verse 12 says, for the word of God is quick. We don't use that word as much in the way that it was used here in the King James. So I'm going to to bring the Amplified up, if you would please, of verse 12. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper. The Amplified says the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. God wants the words that you speak to be alive and full of power. When we see how God uses his words, this is the example he set for us. He wants your words to be full of power. It says, making it active. The word is active, operative, energizing, and effective. The word of God is active. It is a living, active power. When you speak the word of God, it is not mere words that just carry sound. It carries. Every word God has is full of power. God doesn't own an empty word. His words are filled with power, creative power, explosive power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the word of God is alive. It is active. It is energizing. Hallelujah. The the word quick is also defined as full of power to achieve results. The word of God is full of power to achieve results. So if you're speaking his word and you are applying it to the situation, you know, here's what I'm not doing. When I, when I am, In the morning, going over my scriptures, I'm not just going through a religious routine of saying things so that I can tell God I clocked in, I said the things I was supposed to say, and now I'm clocking out. I did my time, I checked off the scriptures off my list. I'm not doing them for God to say, okay, you did that, you get a sticker today. I am going through those scriptures because I am using those scriptures as seeds to be sown. I'm using those scriptures as activation points. I'm using those scriptures to feed my faith or to release into my situation. Yeah. I, I, there are things that I authorize over my family, and there's things I tell the devil, You can't do today. Yeah. I'm backing you off. You're not playing around. The, my my family is not your playground. This is not your playground. This is my heritage. Amen. Hallelujah. I birthed these children. I've got a right to say something. Amen. Devil didn't have anything to do with it. Amen. God gave them life and he promised me their salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. So what am I doing? I'm taking my, my hammer and I am dealing with, with the situation, with the hammer of God's Word. I am using this Word that is full of power to achieve results. So I believe that about the Word. You've got to believe that about the Word. You've got to believe that the Word is a hammer and that the Word has power to achieve results. Isaiah 55. Now, as we read this, I don't want you just to see how God does it and put yourself off in some other category. Because the reason God is explained how he works his word is so you would know how to work his word in your life. When God says this about his word, he wants you to be able to say that about your words that come out of your mouth. Are you ready? Isaiah 55, let's look at verse Will begin in verse ten. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be. So all of verse ten was an explanation of this process that the word that the word activates or generates. He says the rain comes down. And waters the earth. It comes down as rain. But it makes the earth produce. It activates the seed to come forth. And then it provides seed to the sower, bread to the eater. There's a harvest out of my words. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. What is it going to do? It's going to go out into the situation and it's going to cause that situation to bring forth and bud. To bring forth and grow. He said, this is my word that goes out of my mouth is going to change something. My word that goes out of my mouth is going to affect change in that situation. Why? Because it's full of power to achieve results. So he says, this is what we should do. Our words should be full of power to achieve results. And God wants our words that go out of our mouth not to be empty words, but to be words that go out into the situation. And the way to do that is fill our mouth with his word. When his word is in our mouth, then we're not just saying what we thought. We're decreeing a thing, but this is the king's word. Our king, we're a king, but I've taken my king's word and I've put his word in my mouth. And now I am releasing his word and he doesn't own an empty word. So if I speak his word, it's just as powerful as if it came out of his mouth at that moment because my mouth is bought by his blood. If, and my mouth is his. I am bought with a price. Amen? So So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void. When you speak the word of God, it's not coming back empty. You're not speaking empty words. You're not just talking. You're never just talking. You're never just saying, I'm just saying. No, 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 never. Never do you just say. If you open your mouth and words come out of your mouth, you are authorizing something. You are executing dominion. And so that's why there's things you don't want to say. If you believe everything you say comes to pass, there's a lot of things you won't be saying anymore. Amen. Why? Because I want faith in my words, so I'm not going to say that costs me an arm and a leg. I'm not going to say that tickles me to death. I'm not going to say I laughed till I thought I'd die. Why? Because I don't want to confuse my heart And not that, well, I didn't mean that. Well, then don't say it. Say what you mean. Jesus never had to slap his mouth and say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, he had control over his, he meant to say everything that he said, because when his words came out of his mouth, they stopped the wind. When his words came out of his mouth, they made the waves die down. They made the waves settle down. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. because he believed that the words that came out of his mouth had executed authority. So, God says his word will not return void, but it will accomplish. Say that, God's word accomplishes things. It will accomplish God's will. He said, it will accomplish what I please. Yeah. So if you want it, if, you, if, if you're, 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 you're desiring something, call for it. I'm, I'm talking about things that are birthed by the, the, out of the Spirit, things that are birthed, things that are belong to you in Christ. The, call for it. The Word will accomplish the will of God in your life. And it will prosper now, this word prosper is a violent word. It's a violent word. And the, the, here's the definition for this word. It's a, God says, you want to know what my word will do? It will push forward. It will break out. It will come mightily against. It will go over or cause to prosper. So God says My word will accomplish and my word will push forward against that adversity. My word will break out against that thing that's trying to close in on you. My word will come mightily against any obstacle, any brick wall that you have found yourself beating your head against. If you'll take my word instead of your head and start beating against that wall with my word, my word will come mightily against that brick wall and cause you to go over and cause you to prosper. Hallelujah. So what I just need the word in my mouth is what I need. I need because God's word will accomplish what he wants in my life. And God's word will push forward against any adversity and deal with that adversity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jeremiah chapter one. And I'm going to close right here, but. I want you to use the hammer of God's word. And there's a key here for you. Jeremiah chapter 1, I need to give you some definitions here. Because it begins with Jeremiah saying something and God told him, don't do that. Don't say that. So let's start there in verse 6. This is Jeremiah. He said, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child. Now, the word speak is the word, it's a verb of the word debar, D-A-B-A-R. Deborah was named with this word, Deborah. She was a Deborah, And she was a person who was in authority in the book of Judges. She was a woman judge. Go, Deborah. And Deborah, Deborah, she she established, she decreed. If they came to her and they said we have a conflict, she would judge over that conflict. And whatever her decree was, whatever her her judgment was, it stood. She was a judge over Israel, so she was a Deborah. This word "debar," this verb "debar," it is um, it means to arrange, to subdue, to speak, and declare. So when I'm speaking, I'm arranging something. If I'm debarring, I'm setting it in order. I'm, I'm arranging it. I'm subduing it. Isn't that what God said in the beginning in Genesis 1, 28? Subdue. How are we supposed to subdue an elephant? With our words. You know, they even train them today. They'll, they'll respond to words. Why? Because that's how God wired it for us to use words to execute dominion. Yeah. And so this word debar, he said, do not, he said, I cannot debar. I cannot speak. I cannot arrange. I cannot subdue. It comes from a root word that means to set something in a row or arrange it in an order to, to guide it or bring bring it into into subjection. He said, I cannot debar. I cannot use my words and say things that arrange things and subdue things. I cannot use my words to set things in order or to, to bring them under subjection because I'm just a child. And God said, don't say that. And this is a different word, this verb, don't say that. He's saying, don't don't give birth to that. Don't bear that forth. Don't bring that to light. And and it can include, don't say that about yourself. Why? Because you're giving birth to that. You're bringing that forth. He said, "Don't, don't bring that forth. I am a child for you shall go to all that I shall send you and whatever I command you, you shall debar. You shall arrange it. You shall subdue it. You'll say it and what you say will set things in order. What you say will bring things under subjection. What you say will, will set the structure of how it should be. You, whatever I command you, you will debar it. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord touched my mouth and said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. If we would only esteem the honor that it is for us to be privileged, for us to be authorized to speak the word of God in his stead, to speak the word of God in the name of Jesus. If we would only esteem the honor and the integrity of what God is doing when he says, I've put my words in your mouth. And verse 10, see that I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. You're going to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build, and plant. How was he going to do that? With his... He was going to debar them. He was going to speak things, and the things that he spoke would arrange and set in order and bring under subjection. In the beginning, when God began to speak, the earth was without form and void. It had no structure. It had no form. And God began to arrange it. And God began to subdue things. And he said, Water, I want you to be here, and this is as far as you'll go. And I want the lights to be here. And I want the orbit. He he, he arranged and put in order even the, the everything of the orbit of the every planet around the sun, every moon around every 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 planet that has a moon. He he arranged and he put all of these things in order with his words. Hallelujah. And he says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed, arranged, put in order by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. Hallelujah! Everything you can see, the reason it's in, the shape that it's in, and the order that it's in, is because God said it. Hallelujah. It's because God said it. Here's a quote. I have it in the front of my journal because I read it often. The only reason God has not done more for you is that you've not believed him for more. All you are and all you have today is the result of what you believed and said in the past. Kenneth Hagan from the book, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. He's put his word in our mouth. If we don't like what we have, if, we don't, if things are out of order, then it's our business to get talking. We need to, we need to put things back in order. We need to get up and start talking to some things. executing the authority that he's given us all you are and all you have today is the result of what you believed and said in the past so you know what if you were to fast forward two years and you know okay if you were to ask me that in two years i better get busy because in two years i want to be able to look back and say what i have is because I believed and spoke it. I, I took God's word, I put it in my heart, I put it in my mouth, and I began to arrange things the way that God said they should be in my life. I began to speak into existence the things that God has given me in seed form. See, I have these seeds. Do you know what? These seeds are not growing. They are not growing. Do you know why these seeds are not growing? They're not in the ground. As long as you leave it in the book, it's not growing. You got to pull it out of the book. You got to put it in the ground of your heart every day. You got to pull it out of the book, put it in the ground. Pull it out of the book, put it in the ground. If you want to overcome fear, take the scripture that that helps you overcome fear. Put it in your heart and it's going to grow. But as long as you leave it in the book, you can say, I've got seed. I don't want seed, I want harvest. Amen. I mean, I want seed, but I don't want to say seed. Amen. So I gotta pull it out and put it in my heart. And God can't do that for us. Amen. He cannot do that for us. He cannot say, okay, you just lay there in bed, hit the snooze button, and I'll plant my seed in your heart for you. And and I'll do all I, I'll go ahead and put it in your heart for you you know, just as mercy so that you can get another 15 minutes of sleep. You're not really getting any good good sleep after you've already woke up and had to fumble around to find the snooze button anyway. You're already awake. You might as well get up. (laughs) Hallelujah. I love you. Stand with me to your feet.